Suburban Sprawlcast is officially back, and I'm so excited because it's been so long. If you're new to the podcast, this podcast supports independent musicians, bands, and artists that you wouldn't necessarily know if you only listen to the radio. But truth be told, they're good enough to be on the radio. They just don't have the money backing them up or the exposure. My first guests are no exception to that. I got to sit down with Leandra and Taylor from Graves in the Bad Weather in support of their new EP, American Gothic. Definitely check it out. You can stream it on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, all major platforms. Follow me on Instagram at Suburban Sprawlcast. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know who you'd like to hear on the show. But without further ado, I don't want to hold up any more of your time. Let's get right to it. I've got Graves and the Bad Weather. And I met you guys, and I don't even know if you guys remember this, but we were on the top, we were on the rooftop of Romano's and mm. you guys were hustling. You guys weren't playing. You guys were just going and making your rounds. And I remember you guys walked up to our mutual friend, Kevin, from uh, Bedroom Talk. Yeah. And, oh, I'm uh, in love with his yeah. voice. Oh, my God. I have such a music crush on that guy's voice. Right. Stupid. I, I've actually been a huge fan of his since I was in high school. So mm. uh, being friends with them is like, it's kind of a mind fuck. Yeah. But he, I, I remember you guys introduced it. Oh, and you guys, oh, we're in a band called Graves in the Bad Weather. And I'm like writing it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we wish everyone would do. And we would be fine. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then I remember you, you, you guys set up, you, you told Kevin, we really want to play a show with you guys. And you guys ended up setting up a show. And I want to say, was that Blackwatch Pub? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a long oh, time ago. Yes, it was. And I went to that show and I was like, oh, shit. this is not what i was expecting and you it's yeah 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 they were terrible i thought they were good (laughs) (laughs) no i was so blown away that lineup was amazing i mean no it was bedroom talk it was you guys and now i'm totally blanking on the other bands i think if it was there it was was the dirty roots yeah dirty Dirty roots Roots. and uh, rogue agent yeah them rogue agent yes that was a fun night like that was a good night. that's one of those shows where it's like you got to go for the opening band and stay to the end mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the whole show was so good. They were all great. But you guys are getting a lot of love for your new single, Center, and I really want to talk to you guys about this because I listened to it. You you'd sent it to me, and I, I was like, oh, my God. Like, Leandra, your fucking voice. Like, huh? I don't know how you do it. <laughs> like, you. it's flawless, and it's not just recording. You go and see Graves in the Bad Weather Live, and it's the same thing you're hearing on your recordings. Your voice is so strong, and this track just compliments your voice so well the lyrics are spot on like i totally related to that shit good i was hoping yeah it's so relatable i mean i grew up in the church you know i grew up in the conservative christian family and you feel like a sinner when Mm. you leave (laughs) sometimes right sometimes yeah and uh i don't think it's just me am i right i mean you guys seem to be getting a lot of love from a lot of people about with this track yeah it did really well it did I, well, I would say surprisingly well, because, you know, you never know what you're going to get when you put something out there. Like, it could yep. do great. It could nobody listens to it. You know what I mean? So right. it's always a shot in the dark. But, yeah, the listens spiked a lot. We had a, what was it, like a 400% spike in our listens or something. And our yeah. monthly listeners went up 
from like 150 to like 4,700. <laughs> it was Shit. insane. I don't know what happened. And you guys had to have gotten like what, 10, 15 cents for that? <laughs> Fuck Spotify. <laughs> oh, it was it was a good twenty five cents. Don't you oh, worry. Oh <laughs> man, you guys, I've made it. Oh yeah, we're good. We're doing good. No, but that's seriously so awesome because I mean that's the great thing about the internet is that you can now reach a whole other you know yeah. you can reach the world now with the yeah. internet. I just recently downloaded uh, well streamed uh, your your new EP mm. American Gothic. Yeah. That first track, like you, whenever you listen to something, you always want that first track to draw you in. And holy fuck. It's like a punch in the face. Like immediately. <laughs> the, oh God. Like I was bumping it on the way here. I was like, holy shit. Like every time I, I, I started over, I'm just like, yes, like that is what I want on an opening track. I need it to just hit me so hard that I have to listen to the whole thing. And then when you finish with it, you got to start it over. And that's mm. what makes a great EP, like or that's any awesome. album. But I mean, like you said, it is it's hard putting your heart soul into something and then hoping that somebody listens. Yeah. And I'm glad that you guys are getting a lot of listens. Yeah, well thanks, man. We worked really hard at it and yeah, it is kind of scary when you throw something out there. There's no amount of research or polling or no, no matter how many people tell you they like or they hate the song when you talk to them or ask their opinion about it when you put it up and you that night when you're like okay this is gonna go live at midnight click and then you're just on pins and needles what did, what did our friends time. said we we were um we were releasing a single and our friends dead poet society were releasing a single the same day uh-huh. and our other friends late night union were releasing their album the same day so we all had like a big like show together and our friend jack he was like all right yeah we're gonna shoot our babies in the face tomorrow <laughs> I thought that was so funny because I'm like, it's true. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Like, these could totally fail. And we've put, like, blood, sweat, and tears into it. We have no idea what's going to happen. Oh, man. I know that feeling all too well. Mm. <laughs> you put it out and it's like, all right, this is it. This is where I'm going to. Oh, shit. I got yeah. four downloads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you guys didn't experience this. Experience that with this because it's really that good. Like, honestly, Thank it you. needs to be out there. And this is some good stuff definitely i mean your first ep was awesome this is an amazing follow-up thank you thanks buddy yeah i definitely am more proud of this one than we were of the first one just because of the growth that we've experienced since then yeah i feel like it's a much more mature version of us yeah i guess totally yeah yeah it's been about two years i think since we put out the last one and in that two years we've done we've had a lot of growing that we've done a lot of uh sharpening the edges and polishing up what we do Mm -hmm. We've, we've become a better band yeah. So, and we had a lot of help with it too. You know, Jack from Dead Poet Society helped us produce it, and uh-huh. we're a huge fan of his. Yeah. Regardless. Right. So he really helped us to put together what we think was a really good product, and we were really proud to put it out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was something that we were definitely able to get behind. Like we're proud of that album. Yeah. No, I had wanted to work with him, and because um, I fangirl hard over their music, they're just so good, insanely, insanely good, and we had put up. Our friend from L.A. had put up an acoustic version of our song Broken Man, which is the last song on the album. Yep. And Jack just happened to see it and he hit us up and he was like, hey, I'd like to record you guys. I like the song. And I was like, oh, that worked out. Like, sick. yeah, let's do it. Yeah, totally. Like, that sounds great. I mean, we were friends beforehand, right, right, but it right. just ended up like working out. That's so awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I saw you guys play with Dead Poets Society at DBA in Pomona. Oh, and it was yeah. uh, them, Octavia? Blind Octavia. Blind, uh, Blind Octavia. Yeah. That's right. And uh, there was a, 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 I remember there was a duo band. 
Uh, it was a oh, girl was, and a guy. Uh, that was oh my goodness, I'm blanking on their name. I know. Ever so Android. Ever oh, so. Oh yeah. my god. They're Android great. And Hope. Yeah, like they're incredible. They're I great. like they were. I I couldn't believe that two people had my atten- my full attention, the 100%. entire set. Mm-hmm. But the, again, another show where you had to be there from the start to the finish yeah. because every band brought it, yeah, and great, uh, right? yeah. This is a cool venue. I had never been there before. You oh, guys. really? Yeah, and I live in Pomona, which is so sad. Yeah, it's kind of like a hidden gem. Kind yeah, of. yeah, it really it's a cool is. Spot. Yeah, yeah. I really want to talk about your guys' show at House of Blues because mm. when you hit me up that you guys were playing, I'm like, oh my god, I want to be there. I ended up having to go to Oregon for work, and I was bummed that I had to miss it. Mm-hmm. But then. Even if I wanted to go, I couldn't because it was sold out. It was. (laughs) Yeah. That's like every band's dream. I know. Like, I got to hear, like, what was it like? Like, how did you guys get the gig? Like, I mean, what was it like before, after, during? It was, uh, it was kind of unreal. Um, and it all kind of happened by chance, to be honest. Uh, we knew that we were going to shoot for the moon with where we wanted to book for our album release this year. And, uh, we hit up a lot of venues and for the most part we were looking particularly for three, 400 cap rooms. And we did a lot of, lot of work and a lot of polling and stuff beforehand to see, to make sure that we could sell it out. Cause we wanted to make sure that it was a sold out show. Um, so we knew that was about the capacity that we were looking for. And we hit up a lot of places, you know, put together a really in-depth pitch and a lot of places turned us down. Yeah. Uh, because we're a local band. Yep. I particularly had several venues come back and tell me, no, local bands don't sell places out. Like basically just told us we were lying. Guess what? We're like, fuck Thanks. you. Well, that's the thing. We're like, all right, we sold it out in nine days. Like, yeah. what now? <laughs> what? I mean, we can do it. Remember that time? <laughs> yeah, and I, I was trying to go because I like supporting the smaller spots. Right. The places that are independently owned and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I didn't really want to work with. Ticketmaster or Live Nation owned venue or yep. Spaceland venue. That wasn't put really what I was looking for. Um, but we got down to the wire and I hit up a friend of mine who had booked shows at the parish at House Blues, which is a 420 cap room. And I hit him up and I just wanted to get his input. I was like, hey, are these good people to work with? Um, what's your experience been like working with House of Blues and Live Nation? And he was like, oh, it's great. Like I've you know, I'll set up the show for you. Let's do it. And we went over numbers and stuff and he, it was all by chance. I just hit him up to get his input and he helped us get it. Man. uh, Yeah. So we posted it. And so, yeah, it just kind of happened by chance. And, uh, he booked it for us and, you know, we already had the lineup established. We knew who we wanted to play. We had everything figured out and we announced it. I I don't mean to interrupt you, but those bands had to have been fucking pumped. Oh yeah. Like, um, yeah, we'll play. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone was stoked. And you know, we're all homies too. Right. right. We'd like to play with our friends. I know it. It helps that our friends are talented as really, really, really good musicians. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. So we put everything together and we announced it, uh, three months before the date. Uh huh. And, we sold out in just under two weeks. Which was a record for the parish room, right? Yeah, House of Blues was very happy with it. They said since they've since they switched the garden walk for the parish, that's the quickest that room's ever sold out. No shit. Yeah. yeah. But and that's pretty cool. I've had a lot of friends play the parish room and not one of them have sold out. And so when I, I, I wasn't I can't say that I was really shocked that you guys sold it out. I was but I was way pumped. 
I mean, I, the pictures were amazing. I'm gonna definitely post the pictures on our on our uh, Instagram. Who else was on that bill? It was a uh, late night union from Orange County. Blind Octavius from IE, mm-hmm. us and our friends Whiskey and the Wolves from Orange County. Awesome, man. So you said it was a, it's four hundred and fifty four twenty four twenty four twenty cap. Yeah, man, that is a lot of people. Yeah, walking I, out to that was pretty surreal. I can't. It was even pretty imagine. insane. Wow. And like they're there to see you. It's not like you're you're riding the the coattails of some other huge band. Mm-hmm. Like th- those people paid the tickets to see you guys. So yeah. like that has got to be one of the best feelings. Yeah, it, it was a very surreal moment for sure. Walking out and seeing all those people. And yeah, the reactions in between songs. And I was backstage before um, we went on. I hadn't been out in like thirty minutes or whatever. I was just like trying not to freak out or whatever. I was like, I'm not yeah. going to fall in these shoes because I was wearing these crazy high heels. I don't know why I did that, but I did. And I was just like sitting there and my friend Dave, our friend Dave came mm-hmm. back and he was like, dude, there are a lot of people out there. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, it's like a concert out there, like a real concert. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, cool. I mean, I knew that. Obviously, I knew it sold out. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, all right, all right. You still can't picture cool, that. Cool. So when we walked out there, I walked out last and like as I was walking up the stairs, trying not to fall because again, the stupid shoes, just everyone starts screaming. And like I looked up and I knew like so many faces and then there are faces I didn't know, which was even cooler. Right. Not even cooler, but like, you know what I mean? It's just trippy. And like people were singing along to the songs. Like I'd say something like, oh, you guys might know this song. It's called Sinner. We just released it and everyone just starts screaming. And I was like this is amazing like so much support and like everyone's just packed in this room just to celebrate with us right damn yeah it was it was amazing that is so awesome it was beautiful yeah we're still riding the high from that night i can't even imagine i i think i might even i would have probably just called it quits like yeah that's it i don't even know if i could top that (laughs) well no literally like so music industry is highs and lows. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's a big dopamine rush and then a low, like how what are we gonna do? Those next? lows are low. They're very low, <laughs> especially for an emotional person. Yes. Points to self. Like, <laughs> hey, I've got it's rough, right. dude. Yeah. So like after that, I was like the next day I was like super happy, you know, and then the day following, I just looked at Taylor, I was like, What are we gonna do now? Like right. wh- how do what do we do? You know what I mean? Like how do we keep this going? Like right, what's right. our next plan? And like we had to sit and like think like okay, well you know just lay everything out, and then you know the the post show depression like creeps in. It's like oh That's now a real thing. It's though. a real thing. Yeah. Totally real. Uh-huh. Every single show I play. Yeah. Like you said, the day after you're riding high. Yeah. The day after that. Yeah. You are on a low yeah. of a low, and it's it's hard to break. You got to climb out of it. It's shit. difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely difficult. Man, that's so real. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. No, it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a close, it's a I never heard second. it put that way. Like, I, I'm glad to know that it's actual real. I thought it was just me. Oh like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a close second to the post road depression. That oh, See, I haven't experienced that yet. Post tour depression's rough because yeah. then you go back to work, your day job, oh, and you're God. just like, "What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. What? What is life?" Yeah, and you're working what? a million times harder on the road. Like, there's not. Oh yeah. There's not a moment of rest on the road. No. And it's exhausting. And you get the you get to the point at the end of a tour where you're like, okay, I'm ready to go home. Mm-hmm. And then you get back home and you're like, 
I just made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back. Why shouldn't I come home? <laughs> now, that's a good question. Like, when you're on the road, do you have those uh, post, post-show post blues? Or is it kind of like you're still riding high because you're on going. the road? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, there's so much momentum on the road. Uh-huh. So, I, at least me, I didn't have much time to, like, oh, what are we going to do now? You know what I mean? Because I'm like, oh, I know what we're doing now. Mm. We're going to Texas. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, you don't really have a moment to second guess yourself on the road. Yeah. And it becomes such a routine mm-hmm. on the road, too, because you're constantly doing it. That just becomes your day. Right, mm-hmm. right. So your biggest stress factor is making sure that you show up to the next city in time. Right. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you can show up, get a couple hours of sleep before the next gig. Yeah. You know, um, making sure you don't lose your voice because you sang three days in a row, like uh, that kind of a thing. Yeah. But no, the the low doesn't come. I think until you get back. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I did. I mean, I I I have like crazy anxiety, so touring is like not an option for me. <laughs> but I did a weekend tour with the uh, my other band one time, and and we our destination was Vegas. Like mm-hmm. it's not very far. It wasn't very many shows. I want to say it was like four show, like little quick getaway. Mm-hmm. We it was a good run. Eh, it was it was all right. I mean, it was. Uh, but the thing is. I had put so much into the three previous shows that by the time we got to Vegas, I had zero zero voice, uh, and okay. and I yeah you got to calibrate yeah the, yeah yeah I wish I had talked to you before that <laughs> <laughs> I literally we got up there we played for fifteen minutes mm-hmm. and it was done like I really? and it was like the I I finally I was like guys this is the last song like what are you talking about? We have like six other ones that we have to play. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm like, literally I have nothing left and I couldn't sing. So I screamed at the top. Oh, of my, I was honey, like, you no. know, what? That's so bad. <laughs> I was like, if I'm going out, I'm going out hard. <laughs> and I mean, I let it all out. And afterward, I didn't, talk, I couldn't talk for like two weeks. Oh my and, God. Uh, but you know what? We got paid anyways. And I it was mean, a night I'll never forget, but geez. I thought, you know what, if I'm going to do this again, I got, to make sure I know how to do it because yeah. uh, I mean there don't get me wrong there are definitely times in our set where I'm singing the song like fighter or something yeah, where it's yeah. like belting right. the whole time we're all leaning into the growl a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm like I don't have enough air in my lungs you know yeah but like no, if you're just like screaming the whole time, like, oh my God, that makes my throat hurt for you. <laughs> oh man, it was, it was a learning experience. That's for sure. I, I definitely uh, knew not to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say I didn't do it, but, <laughs> but you know, it'll happen. <laughs> I was like, maybe I don't scream that loud. Yeah. But no. Yeah. No. Speaking of, you know, going out on the road, are you guys have any plans of going out on the road anytime soon? We've always got plans of hitting the road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest roadblock? I mean, no pun intended, but what's the biggest roadblock that keeps you? <laughs> from going out and touring um besides money <laughs> there's but much, money's not really the biggest issue yeah money's really? not too yeah. bad the way we do it because we do it pretty well the last tour we did pretty diy so yeah i mean we live you got to make sure that you live lean on the road yeah oh, okay so, you know you're not stopping and eating in a restaurant for every meal right you, know, you got to be really efficient with your gas you have to plan it out so that it makes sense you know what you're getting paid yeah, you know, not only mm-hmm. are you making money, but you have to be able to fund your gas money and mm-hmm. all that. You have to be very detailed. It takes a lot of planning when you're doing it at the DIY level. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say probably the biggest for me the biggest roadblock is the times of year to tour. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. you can be on the road every day of the year, but at the DIY level where we're at right now, 
um, there's good times of the year to tour and there's mm-hmm. bad times of the year to tour. You want to tour when college kids are still in school or when they're returning. You don't want to tour like right now in the fall, December, the holiday time frame, not the best time to be on the road. Mm-hmm. Usually the bars are a little more empty. The venues, a lot of kids are out of town. They go back home for the holidays. Um, I like the spring and I like like early fall. Those good. are my favorite times of tour. That's all. That's good to know. Like I yeah. never, I I never even consider that. Mm-hmm. I tried to, yeah. I mean, I try to avoid touring out altogether. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's also if you learn as you go. You know yeah, what yeah, I yeah. mean? It's all like research, research, do more research as you're doing. Like, yeah, I, you'll find cities that come through every time too. Like, you go to Austin, Texas. Oh, there's going to be a crowd there. Yeah. You know, you go to Portland, Oregon. There's going to be people there. You know. Uh, for us, a good spot is Fresno. There's people there who love Interesting. Us. So we can go to Fresno and we know there's going to be some people there. Now, do, are, are you guys basically living off of what you guys get on the road money-wise? Or are you able to bring any back home? We, we make sure that we bring money back home. Yeah. Wait, wait, bring money back home from what we make on tour? Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, it all goes back into the band, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's not like it's going back into keeping you guys on that tour. It's I mean, you guys are able to build off of that. Like come home with a profit. Exactly. I mean, yeah. We try and make sure we come home with a profit. I mean, it's important, but I don't mm-hmm. I know that a lot of bands don't understand that. They just. Oh, yeah. They spend what they make. Yeah, it's very important to make sure that you keep a band ledger and you you, you got to treat your band. You got to treat it like business. Right. You know, so you're going to put that much energy and that much time into being on the road. You got to make sure you come back with something to show for it. Mm -hmm. So and you got to come back with finances to support whatever your next move is going to be. A lot of times being on the road is where you're going to make the most money. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But again, like I said, there's a lot of bands that do it stupid, you know, like, oh, shit, I got a hundred dollars. Let's go to, you know, Denny's and blow it all off. (laughs) I feel like a lot of bands don't know their worth also. Like they'll play, they'll do a tour getting paid like 50 bucks for like an hour set the entire way and barely break even. You know what I mean? But in reality, like if you're treating your band like a small business, you should be charging you know, enough to cover your costs and to make a profit. Like that just makes sense. It does. I mean, it makes sense for any business. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like a lot of bands don't look at the, it's like a confidence thing. They just don't look at themselves like a serious business. So they just take what they can get. Mm -hmm. But if you're just doing that, you're devaluing yourself and you're devaluing the art at the same time. I know a lot of bands that would say, you know, why would I charge? Because I would do this for free. And I always like, (laughs) yeah, but you can't live like that, you know? Well, it just depends what your goal is. Like, do you want to just do it as a hobby for free? That's totally fine. Do you want to make it your living? I mean, you're going to have to monetize it somehow. (laughs) 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 It just went to your end goal, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. I guess the bands were probably doing it as a hobby, even though I think that they shouldn't be. Like, they're, they're good enough to be charging, you know, at least 100 bucks a show. Mm -hmm. I mean, but... For them, they're just like, no, I would do this for free. And I get that feeling. Like, I I do a lot of free gigs myself. You still got to... You got to draw the line somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, at some point you got to, you got to, you have to eat, you got to pay yeah. for rent or mortgage or whatever you got. Yeah. But and it is life. A, it is a growing process too. I mean, we haven't always been that way. It took us a, a little bit of time to get to that point And for us to realize that too, that that was an important thing that we should pay attention to. And, you know, it started with, uh, 
I like to think that I call them our mentors. Mm -hmm. Like we've had people who have come alongside our band and given us advice and they kind of coach us on things and just gift us with their time. Yeah. They help us out with that. And, uh, one of the big ones has been our buddy, uh, Harless Sweetwater. Shout out, shout out to Harless. <laughs> um, yeah, Taylor loves Harless. I love Harless, man. I mean, um, I love him too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor loves Harless. <laughs> he's an incredible musician. One of my favorite musicians of all time. And, uh, he does it full time and we would get a lot of advice from him. And that was the biggest thing that probably our biggest takeaway from him was he was like, you have to set your worth. Mm-hmm. He's like, you have to make money doing this if you want to turn it into a living. Right. Yeah, he said, set your worth and treat everyone, every person in the audience as if they gave you something because they did. They gave you their they gave you their attention, you know, so make sure you say hi to everyone, greet everyone, love everyone and know your worth. Yeah. If those people in that audience, whether you be here in Riverside or you're in Austin, Texas or Eugene, Oregon, it doesn't matter if someone took the time to sit there and watch you play, even if they weren't going nuts the whole time. That was time they could have spent elsewhere. So they deserve right. at the very least a thank you and a hello, and, mm-hmm. you know, for you to show show them some gratitude. I just want to explain to our listeners that if you hear traffic, it's actually traffic because we're sitting here <laughs> recording live in Stevie Van, Ray Van, the uh, bandwagon. Oh, oh, man, I'm sorry. Van Diesel. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. This I is- give up. <laughs> This is my official, like, whatever, <laughs> withdrawal from that. I loved your look just now. <laughs> I can see that I struck a nerve. No, it, I li- <laughs> Okay, backstory. Hang on. Yes. So when we bought this van, we went back and forth with names, and Taylor and I agreed on Van Diesel. Taylor did end up not liking that. So he's told everyone that we know that it's Stevie Ray Van. And I got mad at him the other night. And I was like, you're not going along with what we agreed with. This is Van Diesel. You're disrespecting me. But I mean, everyone likes Stevie Ray Van a lot better. So, But no, I looked at him just now because you said that. And he looked at me like really guilty. And then I looked at him like, it's fine. It's fine. I give up. I didn't tell him to say that. I promise. <laughs> it's fine. It can be Stevie Ray Van. I don't care. <laughs> Either way, this man is so red. Like this is like perfect. I mean, uh, but uh, <laughs> your look actually scared me a I'm little. Like, oh shit! Oh, Van Diesel, Van Diesel. <laughs> but say there's traffic going. Yeah, by. yeah, there's traffic the going by. We're, we're recording live in Stevie Van Diesel. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Actually, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we uh what i mean who are some you had mentioned your other your your influence who are some other your, of your big influences uh, influences like people who we look up to musically or musically uh bands that you are you talking uh, the mentor thing not, mainly influence but uh, mm-hmm. mentor thing too but uh like w- was there a band that you heard even growing up that you thought yeah i'm doing this for the rest of my life i'm going to do this i'm going to play music I'd love to hear, you know, who those influences were. I have a funny one, but I don't know who the band was. Okay. So I, when I was, because I grew up in church as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Still attend though. But um, I said that assuming you didn't attend and I apologize if that came off. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you insinuated that you didn't. Really I, I, well, I no longer. No. Okay. okay no, no, fair. you're totally that's, that's not that's an insinuation at all. Sorry. It was totally right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, um. 
I was at church when I was a kid and they had this cafe when churches used to like to have music mm-hmm. at them. Nowadays, they, they generally don't, which is very strange. They don't like to have bands anymore, I except know. for the worship band. But back in the day, they would have bands come in yep. and play. So I was like probably seven or something and there's a electric band playing in a cafe which probably sounded god awful like it was a very small cafe and it was a loud band but i was just like honed in on the electric guitar player and just staring at him and i was like mom i want to play that i need to play that i want to play that and she was like she was like i'm not getting you that but you can learn to play my acoustic guitar and then you can go from there and i don't know i just always remember that because i was like that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. That's really cool. You know, like, and I have no idea what the band was. They probably broke up two days later. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly the cafes that you were talking about. Like, I yeah. I, I, I played in a, Christian, a, a punk rock for Jesus band when I was in high school. And, uh, oh, those, those <laughs> were... Zuzu's Pedals. Those were something. <laughs> those were something. And, those you know, you something. couldn't just play the music. Like, you couldn't just play the music. You had to make sure you talked about Jesus. Yes. And, uh, but no, it was no, no future cafe. There's nothing better than a forced lyric, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> or in between altar call, you know, yeah. like, hey guys, before we uh, play this next song, I just want to invite you guys all to come forward and confess your sins, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you guys should all feel really bad about yourselves. Aww. So, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> but no, there was a lot of preaching. And I, I, I too, I grew up going to Christian shows. Yeah. And uh, my, actually, I grew up, my, my family used to tell me things like, uh, my, my, mainly my brothers, uh-huh. but they would tell me, like, uh, you can't listen to metallica I'm like wait what oh, i wasn't allowed to listen to any secular uh, music oh no up. none yeah oh me either yeah none well some I, slipped through the cracks yep once my yeah. space came around We're, oh wow that's even later than me yeah i oh you know i was like 16 before i figured it out wow yeah man that's yeah like inter sandman it was like do you know who the sandman yeah. is <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Nine inch nails. Do you know what Jesus uh-huh. was crucified with? Uh, like, oh, that's good. I never even thought about that. <laughs> oh no! Oh my God, they're right. <laughs> yeah, he has a goat skull, goat skull in his music video. Mm-hmm. You know that symbolizes the devil. Yeah, that's it's, the thing. A lot of the times, because I was also homeschooled, so okay. I was in the. Th- thick of it thick wow. of it like christian homeschooled very very sheltered interesting very interesting but like it was you don't listen to anything secular or you know you're doing a bad job of parenting your kids or whatever mm-hmm. it was very strange very like just listen to the top dog mom kind of a thing which right. is very toxic but i noticed as i got older once i would like look at these bands that were deemed evil mm-hmm. or whatever and would listen to the music i was like there's no way they ever read these lyrics or even listened to the lyrics they just looked at the visuals right. which is the dumbest thing because a lot of these evil bands are not in any way evil not they're even. just they're expressive yes you know what i mean yeah they're darkly expressive which is a true part of the human state christian or not so right. that's just silly to block that out of someone's life like yeah i oh my god you brought up so many good great points right there <laughs> like I, my head's spinning because yeah. like i seriously felt the same when i finally allowed myself to sit down and read the lyrics yeah. to like hurt by nine inch nails oh and gosh. realize like yeah. this is some real it's shit real. like this mm-hmm. isn't like i mean this is this is something I wish I would have known as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I would have understood addiction on this level because yeah. I didn't. And, yeah. uh, like, when I started having kids of my own, my uh, my, my wife at the time, we, we both decided, like, we're not doing that to our kids. Yeah. Like, we're going to let them listen to whatever the fuck they want. 
And my daughter started listening to Tupac since she was a baby. <laughs> there was, yeah, that was the only thing that we could keep her, you know, from not crying in the car. Sorry. But she, like, as a teenager my now. My loves Pantera. Like, what right, are you going to do? <laughs> right. That's like, but as a teenager, I feel like she has a better head on her shoulders because she gets, like, I didn't grow up like that, mm-hmm. but they did. And they had a story to tell. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like she has a better understanding of what the real world is like. There's something to be said for like, let, okay, so I don't have kids, mm-hmm. but I was a kid. So right. Maybe that counts. You totally get it. But like letting your kids listen to certain things, but also being there to explain the things to them. You know what I mean? So right. not letting them go at it alone because that exactly. can get really confusing. Because that can mess yes. you up as much as being sheltered. Right. But like there's a balance in there somewhere. Totally is. And I feel like a lot of people on either side of whatever you believe miss the balance so much. Yes. You know? I showed her this new quote unquote new tiger army so I'm like Jordan you gotta listen to this I'm gonna lo- you're gonna love it and mm-hmm. she's like dad that's Lana Del, Del Rey <laughs> what sublime is also Lana Del Rey now oh have no have you heard her cover no I kinda like it I, you know what? I might I be had, judged for that, but I don't hate no, it. No, I, I don't judge you at all. Thank and you. my uh, my I, well she was probably eleven at the time when she told mm-hmm. me this I had never heard of Lana Del Rey. Oh, really? And I thought, I'm like, this is a Lana Del Rey song? And she's like, yeah, dad. And then she pulls it up on the internet and I listen. I'm like, oh, shit, this is really good. Oh, now <laughs> like, my kids are showing me music. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, she showed me Billie Eilish and I thought. I love Billie Eilish. I can't so believe much. how much I love her. I love her so much. Okay, last night we went to see Dead Poets Society open uh-huh. up for Bad Flower and Taylor's texting me. He's like, we got to go. Like, the parking's going to be insane. Like, getting out of the structure. Like, they're on their second to last song. And they started covering Billie Eilish. And he texted me. He's like, all right, you can stay for this one song. But then we got to (laughs) go. I was like, they are not. Oh, my God. I love Bad Flower. And I love Billie Eilish. And I just died of happy. I saw that video. Because you guys posted that video, right? And I was like, oh, man, I lost my mind. I think I captioned it. Stop it. But don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It is. Like, but I I mean, all I mean, I don't I I totally fell off a tangent. But like you said, I I mean, being sheltered with music, I, I just felt almost robbed like I felt uh, like you said when you sat down and you listen to these lyrics and you realize that this isn't evil right this no way is evil this is just them expressing themselves and I it opened me up to so many other bands in fact I I, you might even relate to this Mm -hmm. I used to go to the Christian bookstore and Mm -hmm. you would go to the catalog Mm -hmm. and you're like if you like Nine Inch Nails you would like oh my god that's funny skillet (laughs) wait what (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I do like skillet they're really good absolutely Absolutely, absolutely. They're Sunday. But that is funny. They're yeah. nothing like Nine Inch Nails. No, no, no. no. But like, they, they all the CDs would have. You know, if you like um, Green Day, you would like this. If yeah. you like, and I thought like Seventh Day Slumber. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, but now, and I don't want to bag on Christian bands because Sorry. honestly, there are still a lot of Christian bands that I listen to, like Five Iron Frenzy. I'm not gonna lie, they're not even a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. I still love Five Iron, and uh, like some punk bands that I like, Squad Five O. They exposed me to Operation Ivy. They mm-hmm. exposed me to Rancid. The Deal, who's from Chino. Uh, oh, I was friends with their bass player. He was. Oh, uh, he was Tom- Donnie. Donnie. No, he, Donnie's a guitar player. Oh, the guitar yes. player. He was one of my high school leaders at church that back is, in the day. Like 
That would have been my dream. That's real. I didn't know who they were though. Oh I was like, god, Donnie has a band. Like, what is that? <laughs> oh my god, I love the deal. That's I love funny. the deal. That is so amazing. I saw the deal one time open for uh, Officer Negative in a tattoo parlor, and they played a band. Uh, they played a cover of a Crucified song. Crucified was like that was the first band I ever loved, and they mm-hmm. were a punk, like probably one of the first Christian punk bands, and uh, still. Not a guilty pleasure. I still love Crucified. Yeah. But when they played a Crucified song, I lost my shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, because I w- they had broken up years prior and I never got to see them. And uh, but anyways, well, you know, you know, it's another interesting thing that I came to figure out as far as like movies and music that mm-hmm. kids are sheltered from. It's a huge form of catharsis that. I felt like I was robbed of. Right. You know what I mean? Because I was massively depressed when I was younger and like, you know, self-harm, all that, the whole thing. And there were a lot of movies that I wasn't allowed to watch just because, you know, the homeschool thing, like don't let your kids watch PG-13 or whatever. And I would just like beg my parents to let me watch these movies. And when I finally was able to, I just felt seen. You know what I mean? I felt heard. I felt like just seen and heard. You know what I mean? And there's so much to be said for that and music included. You know what I mean? So like, I there's just a lot to be said for it. It really is. And I I think uh, somebody told me that kids who grew up in the church are happier as adults. And I laughed at their face. (laughs) I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Uh Like a lot of people would say like, you know, uh, you're not depressed. You just need Jesus. Mm. And I like made me want to explode. You can be depressed with Jesus. That's exactly right. It's It's very real. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad you brought up uh, mental uh, health because I understand you were telling me that you guys guys might be playing a mental health awareness show or a benefit Hmm. show. I want to know more about that. Yeah. So we started working with uh, this organization. They're called, uh, this is fairly recent. They're called hope for the day. Okay. And um, it's a really, it's an amazing organization, man. It was started by, and I I can't remember the dude's name offhand, but he was, uh, he was very involved for years uh, with the founders and he worked, he was one of the head guys with Warp Tour. Wow. And uh, from the get go, and uh, basically the story behind it is for, so, for someone like that who's interacted and been around so many musicians and young kids who have come to shows and played the shows every, it seems like every year there's at least a few names that get ticked off that list and you're not going to see them at the next one. Yep. Usually because of things like suicide. And right. Stuff like that. So he had the, uh, he had the balls <coughs> to basically quit his job and he got sick of seeing his friends not show up to the next show. Right. So he started this organization called Hope for the Day, which focuses a lot of attention on the music community, which is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of mental health, mental illness in the music, addiction, yeah. suicide. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think every front man in the 90s has killed themselves except for Billy Corgan and, and Eddie Vedder. Everybody yeah. else has died of an overdose or has suicide. Well, that's a lot of the reason I think a lot of people get into music is because they're just so wrought with right so many things they need a way to express it right right yeah yeah so i think that's way cool yeah so we started working with them and i'm wearing their wristband right now their uh their whole saying is their motto is it's okay not to be okay that is awesome um so we started working with them because a lot our music is centered around like we're obviously a rock band but mm-hmm. we have a very clear intent with our music yeah and a lot of it is leandra's story which yeah. is centered around her struggling with things like depression, self-harm, anxiety. Some of these things, this particular anxiety she struggles with to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so her songs, she writes her songs. They're not only written as a way for her to heal and say things that maybe previously she couldn't say. Hmm. Um, but 
she also focuses a lot of attention, even though a song may be about depression, anxiety, or self-harm. There is a way to get out of that. And all of our songs end with essentially a message of hope. Hope yes. and sorrow. That's kind of been our motto. So it seemed like a very, well, it, it turned out being like kind of a, a really good match between us and Hope for the Day because we wanted to basically have their materials available at our shows um, so that when people come to a show, God forbid there is someone there who's struggling with something, they get that wristband, they get that flyer with that hotline number, they get all of that because you never know who's going through something in that audience. Right. So, and it really hit home when we did House of Blues because mm -hmm. that was the first show where we had these. And everyone who walked through the door got a wristband and a, and a little flyer for Hope for the Day. And we had a, a good buddy of mine come up after the show, and all he said was, I really needed this. Oh, that hell makes yeah. I want to cry. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it was after that happened. I was like, you know what? There's something here. There's something that can be done. Luckily, we have a platform where we could help with something like this and we have a lot of experience throwing our own events and it just seemed like a really good thing so we're talking to venues right now we have a couple of venues locked down <laughs> and we're gonna do uh for now i'm still in talks with hope for the day um it may turn into something bigger we'll see but for now we're gonna hit up riverside california los angeles san diego and orange county um, and we're going to have these benefit shows for hope for the day. And these awareness shows where we're going to advertise them. We have local bands who are hundred percent on board to support this. Uh, hopefully we can get some people out there to the show. Who yes. need Those materials and need to come to, for lack of a better term, a safe place where yes. they know that's going to be the center of discussion that mm -hmm. night. And that everyone there is like-minded in supporting that cause. And we're going to have, a portion of the door, if not all of the door fees going back to the foundation. We may be, we, in some of the cities, depending on availability, we'll have speakers from the foundation there running their booths, uh, talking in between band sets. And basically it's just to bring awareness because I think I can't say I know anyone who hasn't directly or indirectly been affected by that. Mm -hmm. And by suicide, by suicide or mental health. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's not just suicide. It's mental health and those people who don't know what's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's still kind of a taboo topic, even in 2019. Unreal. Right. And these people really need to know that it is okay not to be okay. It's so true. And that there are resources and a light and a way through it. Yep. Even if it's not a way directly out of it, but there is a way through it. And they're not alone. And they're not alone. Oh, That's my goodness. The worst part of being mentally unhealthy is mm -hmm. feeling so alone. And 100%. Feeling like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely, I relate to all that. I think that is what drew me into you guys so much with the lyrics because mm -hmm. it was like, they're so relatable. And mm -hmm. I like, I have been that, you know, I have been that fighter and I've been, you know, like it is, it's, it is hard. Mm -hmm. And and I, it seems to affect the creative minds the most, you know, mm -hmm. the people that put themselves into the art that mm -hmm. they are creating and they're expecting, I don't know what it is to be honest, but it is... Um, but it seems like every artist friend of mine, musician, any kind of artist, mm -hmm. they all suffer from some sort of mental illness and art is how they express themselves. And that's what's the beautiful, most beautiful thing about art. You know, yeah. I think it's because artists tend to feel really deeply. 
You know what I mean? And they also see the world in a slightly different way. That's how they're able to create. Right. You know what I mean? But that's also good and a bad thing. So they feel really deeply so they can create these beautiful works of art. But they also feel really deeply in the negative ways, too. Man, that's yeah, that's mm-hmm. just a great point. I mm-hmm. never thought of that. That's totally true, though. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to kick that off. Uh, it's going to look like January, February. The uh, very first place we're going to hit is Riverside. Awesome. We, we have a lot of friends there. And uh, Romano's Concert Lounge is where it's going to be. Oh, uh-huh. um, so we're it's a great on. venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we want these to be, I, I don't even want to call it a show. I want to call it, it's an event. That's it, a great it's way. An event. So, you know, we're just trying to help a foundation that's doing a lot of really good things and something that has been our mission from the get-go. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just see if we can, at the very least, raise some money for for the foundation, but hopefully bring some awareness and make some people feel heard. Mm-hmm. Right. And feel, yeah. Like they're, like I said, like they're not alone. And I think that's the most important thing is, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, I was writing the other day and I was talking to Taylor about lyrics and stuff. And mm-hmm. he was like, I think you should just really like dive in. Like, don't, he was all, I want you to do an exercise. He was all, try just writing a song and just leaving it dark. You know what I mean? And I was like, I could try that. I was like, but I want to write songs that I want to hear that are going to not leave me sad. You know what I mean? And he was like, he was like, I get that. He was like, but what's one thing that people could tell you when you're going through something that will make you feel better? And I was like, what? And he was like, well, it's me too. Like, Mm. like I get that. You know what I mean? Like I've been there, like you're not alone. And I was like, oh my God, that's such a good point. Like, yeah, there's something definitely to be said for like, you know, showing that there's a way through it, there's a way out of it, but also literally just empathizing and being like, I get what you're going through. You're not crazy. You know what I mean? Like, this is a normal thing and we can all figure this out, you know? Right. Yeah. Man. And also knowing that there's just people there for them. Uh Uh-huh. Like, if they show up to that show, someone may come to one of these shows who maybe they're not one of the people who regularly goes out to shows. You know, but they show up because of the event and they're able to find maybe they don't have anyone who's come alongside them and they show up and there's all these people there who care about this issue. And now hopefully they can develop a network and they have some support because they're going to meet someone at that show who says, hey, call me. Mm-hmm. You know, next time you're going through something, I want you. Here's my number. Shoot me a text. Yeah. yeah. Right. That is that's way cool. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of people do that for me when I was in high school. And it was invaluable. You right. know what I mean? Like, hey, call me at midnight if you're freaking out. Yep. Helps so much. Oh Even if they gosh. don't, can't help. You know what I right. mean? Just like having someone else there with you in that moment is insane. Letting them listen to you spiral for a second. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I definitely had those people. Yeah. And I, uh, those are, those are precious gems. Yes. You know, and the world needs more of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, uh, I, I definitely had a, a couple in my life that, like you said, call me at any time mm-hmm. and I'd be completely out of control. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even be aware of it because in my head, I was, it was, everything was justified. I was freaking mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. because, you know, everything was real. And they had just a way of just calming me down, yeah. you know, and just like letting me know, like, this is going to, you're going to ride this out and you're going to be all right. It'll pass. It'll pass. Yeah. That's the most important thing anybody could understand is feelings go away. Mm-hmm. They, 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 nothing's yes. gonna last forever <laughs> yes. you know like just ride it out hold on tight yeah because it could be bad you know mm-hmm. but just hold on you're gonna be all right and once you get to the other side you're gonna be glad that you did yeah but don't 
respond based on what you're feeling or don't react based on which, how you're feeling right then. Yeah. And, and just understand that you're going through what you're going through and you're going to get through it. Yeah. One of my favorite song lyrics right now, I got it tattooed on my lip right there. It's a really horrible tattoo, but it says bullet on the inside of my lip. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lyric is bite the bullet till your gums are bleeding, you Ooh. know? And it's just like what you just said, like, just bite down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's going to pass. Yes. Like, it, it's going to suck. But mm-hmm. just like bite down, just hold on, hold on, hold on. And right. it'll it'll start to fade a little bit. Like the pain, right. the heaviness exactly. of it, it'll start to pass. Exactly. Yeah. Man, Yeah. That is such, that's so good. I wanted to hear your influence. Like what got you into music? What made you, what made you know that, yeah, I'm playing music for the rest of my life. Or if there was one, or if you just started playing guitar and just fell in love. There were a lot. Oh man. So, so I grew up in the church too. Well, I grew up in a cult. Oh, so I grew up uh, as a Jehovah's witness. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. Interesting. Weird, right? You I would, would you never would, you would have guessed that. that. Yeah. <laughs> never have known that. Okay. Yeah. And one thing about them is they're, you know, whereas if you're a run of the mill Christian, you have a worship band. Like you're exposed yep. to music. Of course. You know, at, at, first band I ever was in. Uh, for, for the cult that I was in, we didn't have that. We sang hymns. Oh, um, yeah. So music was something that I wasn't, it didn't hit me at a young age. Um, it took a little bit of time. I did have now. I do want to say, even though I grew, I grew up in a cult, I had amazing parents. Oh, of course, and I had an amazing upbringing. And one of the things that I value is my mom and my dad. Before they became Jehovah's Witnesses, my mom was a '70s hippie. Really, and she was a music snob, and she followed Pink Floyd. And she followed Pink Floyd, I believe, twice, and Zeppelin once around the world. You mean you like, know, like followed their tour around the entire world, like for the. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Makes her a bad Jehovah's Witness, but it's amazing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, it's funny because we always used to, they have these things. Think of them as like a Jehovah's Witness Harvest Crusade in Long Beach at the okay, Long Beach yeah. the one with all the whales on it. Yeah. And we would go there once, twice a year for these big, you know, things. And the whole time they were called conventions. Yeah. And the, my mom, the whole time, like she'd look at me and she'd be like, I was right there and Robert Plant was right there. Holy like shit. that was all she could think of was seeing Zeppelin there. Well, know. didn't you meet Prince at one of those conventions? Yeah, I met Prince. Yeah, because Prince. Oh, yeah, that's ones. right. Yeah. yeah, I met Prince when I was a kid. That was actually a big moment for me because I'm glad. Oh, you brought that yeah. Out. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's Prince. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I didn't know who he was. Okay. Yeah, I was probably, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 when it happened. And uh, my dad points down because we're sitting high up. And there's this guy in like this m- ugly mustard yellow suit that you could pick out from a mile away. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "We have to go down and say hi." And I was like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "It's Prince." And I was like, "Who the hell's Prince?" The Prince of what? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so we go down, and as we're going down, my dad's explaining to me like who he is. That basically he is the rock star. Yeah. So we go down, and when I meet him, I was just infatuated by him. He's mm-hmm. the nicest guy. And did he whisper talk at you? I don't remember. It was so long ago. I thought when you said that you that he pointed down, I thought you guys were like standing next to him. Isn't he like four eleven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy right there is the. <laughs> you gotta kneel down and talk to him. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. But that was, that was a big thing because, like, as Joe was winning, the idea as a kid of like being something like a rock star—that's mm-hmm. not something we did. Like that wasn't 
Like that wasn't a thing. Like right. Jehovah's Witness kid is going to, oh, I want to be a rock star when I grow up. Yeah. It's just not a thing. But then seeing someone who actually was a rock star, that opened my mind. I was like, I could do this. Like I could, I could be a rock star someday. So little 11, 12 year old Taylor was like, I'm going to be a fucking rock star. Yeah. Like, so all from meeting. Pr- that's a great story. Like, holy that's shit. Pretty epic, huh? Right. Like, oh, I wanted to, I decided I wanted to be a rock star when I met Prince. <laughs> like, <laughs> no I big deal. <laughs> but as far as bands, my mom always had a great collection of bands. She was a classic rock. And as she got older, she got into country. Which Didn't she like Eminem a lot? Yeah, when I was in high school and Eminem came out, she, me and her would listen secretly to Let's Eminem. be fair, the what white girl <laughs> didn't love Eminem. Right. <laughs> so my mom had great taste in music. Uh, my dad was like, my, my dad had a different taste. Where my mom loved Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, my dad liked Bruce Springsteen and Credence. John Lee and Hooker. John Lee Hooker. And my dad was the blues guy. Okay. And so I got a lot of... The first album I ever got, my dad bought me an album called, um, well, he gave me talk. He gave me two albums of talking heads and he was like, you need to listen to these guys. Uh, don't tell your mom, but this (laughs) this is the, this is the first punk. The classic dad line. Don't tell your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of people would listen to talking heads today and not call them punk. But at the time they were about as punk as it got. Right. And, uh, he gave me another one and this album, like if I'm ever stranded on an Island someday and I get one album, this is the one and it's called hooker and heat. And it's a live album of John Lee Hooker and Canned Heat recording in some house. And it's the most badass record I've ever heard. Oh, man. That's what got me in the blues. Oh, man. To this day, John Lee Hooker just has a grit to his playing that nobody else has. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I became a huge blues guy and a big country guy. And I started out playing acoustic. Well, actually, I started out playing acoustic. But then when I got into high school, I got really into punk rock and hardcore. Okay. And so I started j- sneaking out of my house and jamming with some of my friends at night and sneaking off to the showcase theater and oh, right. you know, doing all that stuff. I'd cr- crawl out the window of my house at, you know, 9 p.m. when my parents went to sleep and try to be back in bed by one. You know, <laughs> never got caught. Oh, never man. Got caught. You never well, got caught? Let's yeah. hope your parents don't listen to this. Uh, no, I don't no. know if they ground you being that you're in your 30s now, but this may be one of the biggest things that happened is, uh, I was shopping with, I think it was my mom and we were in Walmart or Target or something. You know how they, you know how they used to have like those, those big bins full of like $5 movies. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, My mom got me one and she told me not to tell my dad. (laughs) Your freaking uh, parents. Don't tell. (laughs) They're doing the same thing though. They they would have agreed if they just like talked it out. (laughs) You know, you guys are actually alike in your parenting if you guys just fucking talk. So she got me a DVD and it was a, it was a compilation of Guns N' Roses. Oh. And it was like all their music videos and some live performances. And I played that thing on a repeat. It was the only thing that I watched for years. Like, and I remember the image. There's an image in a Guns N' Roses music video that was on and I would, I would play it on repeat. And it's Slash. Mm-hmm. Is it November rain? It's the November rain yeah. music video. Oh, there's yeah. a scene of Slash outside of a church like this. They probably built this little church just in the desert just for this shot, but it's in the middle of the desert and he's got, you know, those tight leather pants on. Yep. Yep. I know. And the wind blowing and he's got that wide slash. Yep. He's just rocking that solo. Is he standing on top of a piano or something? He does that later in the video. That's also epic as hell. (laughs) Right. But I remember that image to this day is ingrained in my mind. And like, that's like my dream. 
Like yeah. I just saw that image. And we got to like, get you leather pants, dude. Yeah, find ones that fit. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, th- that image really struck a chord with me and guns and roses really stuck, struck a huge. Oh yeah. There. Like that was when I was like, that's what watching slash play is what made me not just want to be a rock star, but want to play guitar. Okay. Like, that's when I'm, that was about the time when I got my first guitar and you know, when you're a kid, you have your guitar and you mess with it and stuff, but yeah, yeah. watching all those videos and watching slash play made me want to sit down and practice and become a good guitar player. Well, you're definitely a good guitar player. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't think good is uh, quite the <laughs> adjective I would have chosen. I think great. I mean, I love watching you play. You know, you sure like a motherfucker. Thanks, man. I, I, always... yeah, I try to do my thing up there, whatever it is, but uh, I like to think it's my thing. It is. else is doing it. It is. So. And uh, you could definitely hear the blues influence, no doubt. And I love that's what I love about Gra- Graves and Bad Weather. I mean, it's not just rock and roll. Like, there's a like you can hear. Well, you know, kind of what you guys grew up listening to, and 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 it's not like you can put a pin on it, like, oh, this is just that band or that band. It is yeah. Graves in the Bad Weather, like, mm-hmm. and it's just you guys have a very un- unique sound. Thanks. So we we get that a lot, and it's funny because like that's such a compliment. Mm-hmm. But when we're trying to like pitch our sound to like you know like industry people, it's very difficult because right, they're right. like, "What do you sound like?" I'm like. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Hang we, on. <laughs> we started doing this thing a ways back, and we haven't done it in a while. Maybe we should do it again because it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We'd, uh, on Instagram, after a show, we'd find someone, you know, and basically say, like, hey, would you mind if we filmed you just for, like, maybe 10 seconds, and you just describe what you thought we sounded like, what you thought of the band? And we called it the weather report. Well, that's great. That's so great. You can see it on our Instagram if you go there. It's in the highlights and stuff. Oh, okay. But if you watch it. I think it's under reviews now. Is it under reviews? Mm-hmm. But it's across, it's all over the board. Some people said Sabbath. Some people said Adele. Uh, <laughs> there was uh, Tedeschi Trucks. Black Keys, you know, a lot of Janis Joplin, Black Keys. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I can I can hear all of that. Even There's Adele. like I mean, Some Evanescence. Uh, okay, like, huh? okay yeah. all right. She, Amy has a strong voice. Like, I, can... I think it's just the vocals. Right, Because right, we have right. electric guitars exactly. and girl vocals, yeah. Right. I mean, I love Evanescence, don't get me wrong. No, absolutely. Yeah. Another band that stemmed from a Christian band. That's true. Mm, yeah. Drummer uh, Rocky was in a metal band that I fucking love called Living Sacrifice, and he was the guitar player for mm. Living Sacrifice. God, check out Living <laughs> Sacrifice if you ever... Well, they're just incredible. Well, yeah, but yeah, they went on to Evanescence. I was like, oh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, well, you know what? We're hitting the one-hour mark, and honestly, I could talk to you guys all all night and we've got definitely got to do this again this can't be yeah, the definitely. only time we do this because there's i feel like we just scratched the surface there's so much i want to ask you and like <laughs> you guys are so much fun to talk to but i i mean for our listeners sake maybe i cut it yeah. and uh but you guys uh, thank you guys so much for for coming on and and talking with me yeah you guys are so cool yeah thanks baby. yeah i know we we're more than happy to do it we i'm glad i talking. get to call you guys yeah. friends like honestly it's yeah. like one of those uh bands are like shit yeah yeah, my friends played the house of blues, <laughs> sold out, but you know, I couldn't go because I couldn't get a ticket, but <laughs> no, I was out of town, but either way, like I said, if I was, it was that shit was sold out, but well, we'll do it again. We'll yes, sure we there. definitely will. We definitely will. Thank you guys. And uh, this has been a pleasure. And this is Graves in the Bad Weather and Cassidy signing out. 
right, man. You gotta keep you know what it. I mean? Kid made a new creator, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Some people don't wanna hear the same old thing over and over. You gotta come provocative. I think your singing was a little flat that time. Barry, why don't you play an A for Steve? You got that, Steve? Fuck this shit. Let's get into him. He can't take criticism. Well, great, there goes the band. I am the future. I am the future of this great nation, which you, Father, so arrogantly saved this world for. But I, I have my own agenda. What the hell are you singing? You don't know Jungle Love? That shit is the Mad Notes, written by God herself and handed down to the greatest band in the world. The motherfucking time!